0: Recently, Dr. Phil had a group of women on his show who married themselves. And when I say married themselves, I don't mean just desired the single life of snuggling up to your cat and crying your lonely tears into your wine. I mean, actually had a ceremony, a cake, and a celebration of self that can only be described as self-centered. You can see that here. and I married myself on December the 10th, 2022. Will you commit to never giving up until your dying day? Do you promise to give yourself grace? Do you commit to praying and finding the answers within yourself? Do you promise to value yourself? Yes, (laughs) I do. I overcame a lot of trauma and it inspired me to marry myself. I realized I wasn't living for myself and this wedding was my chance to start over. I spent $4,000 on my wedding. I had nine bridesmaids. I'm not the only one getting married today. You are too. So there is a bag in your chair with a ring in it. At my wedding, I asked everyone else to marry themselves too. I now pronounce you married to yourself. Now, as odd and frankly sick as that may be, self-love really is a wedding of sorts of our secular materialism and our postmodern age. As much as the materialist wants to believe himself to be a moral person, he probably isn't when he spends his days snidely and arrogantly mocking Christians and other religious people as though he's better than them. But he is entitled to be a pontificating donkey just like the rest of us can be from time to time. What few materialists realize is that there is no actual basis for objective moral values outside of a transcendent God. You can behave and even do good things as an atheist, yes. It's just that you can't justify where good comes from rationally with a materialist worldview. Many have tried and have failed. That's why Dawkins, the chief materialist of our age, says this, The universe that we observe has precisely the properties we should expect if there is at bottom no design, no purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but pitiless indifference. I mean, you got to give it to the guy. While many dishonest skeptics try to argue themselves in circles, Dawkins is smart enough to know. Just admit it. There is no such thing as good without a good God. The problem with secular humanism then is materialism and naturalism does not leave you with any basis to declare what gross immorality looks like because certainly it would look like a person marrying themselves. But the people are retarded. If there is no soul, no God, and no afterlife, then might as well live for myself. Do what pleases you and makes you feel good. Mutilate your body and ram drugs down your throat if you can feel a sense of euphoria. After all, isn't that what it means to be a meat machine? Apparently, that's all we've evolved for. Eat, have sex, and get rid of anyone who gets in your way. Oh, and most of all, forget any of that commitment and sacrificial love stuff. In other words... Self-marriage is indeed the atheist sacrament of our age. I won't hold my breath waiting for the atheist nor the agnostic to admit it, but if there's any part of you hungry for purpose and you realize you can't find it in the material world alone or just in yourself, then you might want to join me today as we discuss where you can really find what your very real soul aches for the most. And we'll talk about that and more today on Indie Thinker. Welcome to the show. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Now, one of the big problems with boycotts is that you are often left with mediocre products, but that is no longer the case. I want to introduce you to Herbal Alchemy, which has a great line of health and beauty products, not only for men and women. If you want to wash the woke stink off of those chemical-laced products that you used to buy at some of those other stores that deserve to be boycotted, well, then you need to grab a hold of Herbal Alchemy and the great products they have. Now, I've got with me today something called Man Soap. Now, not only does it smell amazing, which you can't necessarily appreciate on camera, but you can see this hard-milled all-natural soap and the glory that exudes from it as I'm showing you in the camera right now. If you want to get some of these great products, you need to go to the link in the description of this podcast because not only do they have great products for men, but they also have great products for women. They have a lot of things that can help you kick coffee, that can help you... Take care of yourself in a healthy and refreshing way. And not only will you be supporting IndieThinker by buying these products, but you'll also be supporting a great company. And you should know this about Herbal Alchemy. Some of the proceeds from their products goes to support fighting human trafficking around the world because this Christian company cares about making a difference in the world. So if you want to do the same and not just vote with your ballot, but also vote with your wallet to promote the kind of values that our society needs right now, more than ever, then you need to check out Herbal Alchemy. And again, you can do that by going to the link in the description of this podcast. Do it today, and when you do so, you'll not only be supporting this great company, but you'll be helping this show out a lot. When I get the opportunity to see people who watch my show, they find it interesting that I do not consider myself a political person. They come away scratching their head and they're like, really? I, I think you're a political person. Well, that is only if you have a very myopic view of what politics actually is. I view politics more broadly as philosophy, as a way of thinking, and really at its bedrock, politics is how we interact with one another as as far as policies are concerned. No, I get it. Outside of the moral issue of balancing budgets and that being one of our greatest you know, national threats, um, international threats uh, to our national security, um, I, I don't really care about policies. And who would want to watch a show, for crying out loud, that has to do with kind of like political policy policymaking? Uh, not me, at least. When I talk about politics, I really am talking about something more important. I'm talking about morality, and I'm talking about loving our neighbors. Because if we are in a world that is governed by politics, then we need to also understand that those politics in some ways govern how we treat one another and how we interact with one another. I mean, for lack of a better example, like the the laws that we have in a state or a principality— on the, on the books w- where it pertains to murder, actually kind of have to do with how we treat one another. And so politics at the end of the day, when you get the mudslinging aside, really is about deep thinking. And that's really what I'm after at the end of the day on this show. And so I don't like political subjects. And in fact, unless something radical happens, I really want this to be kind of the last time I talk about Donald Trump and his multiple indictments. Of course, you never know because the indictment train seems to be going strong these days. But... But I really just kind of want a, want to put a cherry on top of the whole Trump indictment era and election 2024, at least in terms of Trump's indictments, because I think we're done with them, by the way. But I hope by now we can all see what's, what's really happening. There is corruption in our government that is staring us in the face. And the wild thing is, is that there are still people who don't see it. There are still people who say, well, as a Christian, I would expect that you would want Donald Trump to be held accountable for all the things that he's done wrong. Well, I would say yes. If Donald Trump is guilty, then yes, I want him to be charged on these indictments. But color me a little bit skeptical. I can't help but believe what's happening is what's been happening to Trump ever since he was in office. Let me roll the tape back and just say, as far as election denying is concerned, there is no greater election denier on the planet. Like the, the, the queen of election denying is Hillary Clinton. She is the penultimate election denier. For the longest time, we had to hear about how Russia stole the election from Hillary Clinton. So if it's just election denying that Donald Trump is accused of, as he is in this final indictment um, in Georgia... Well, or at least in, in uh, sorry, in, Washington, in the Washington indictment with Jack Smith, then, okay, uh, we can tell this is ridiculous, but, but we have further back to look than that, of course, don't we? Of course, we have Russia collusion, impeachment one, impeachment two, and the multiple ways in which the Democratic Party went after Donald Trump totally erroneously. If at this point in time, you don't believe that what the Democratic Party is doing is trying to rig an election in 2024, then I really can't help you. They have the media in their pocket and they are desperately trying to deceive people. Now, for those of you who are not deceived, I know it's hard for you to understand this, but trust me, it does work. And so I'm hoping that somebody will stumble upon this segment of the show and hopefully open up their mind just a little bit to to peer beyond the veil of all the deception and lies that come out of Washington, D.C. so that people can think critically about these things. Now, just one more time. For the sake of everyone listening, if Donald Trump deserves to be held accountable for these things, then by all means, let him be guilty and let him go to jail. But if this is nothing less than an attempt to try to sideline Donald Trump because these people are deeply afraid of a man who is, is not beholden to, the, uh, to what we call the deep state, then by all means, I want Trump not only to to win, but I want each and every one of these people to be exposed for the liars they are. And I can't help but wonder if even people on the left are starting to awake now that we're on our what fourth indictment in five months? Because just recently, Jake Tapper astonished everyone by admitting that Donald Trump was right. Check it out. Ryan Kessler from the Washington Post uh, had a fact check about Joe Biden uh, from earlier this month, um, noting that Hunter Biden admitted in court in July that he was in fact paid substantial sums uh, from Chinese companies. Kessler wrote, Hunter Biden reported nearly 2.4 million in income in 2017 and 2.2 million in income in 2018, most of which came from Chinese or Ukrainian interests. But this, and this directly goes against what Joe Biden said in the debate in 2020 uh, with uh, Donald Trump. Take a listen. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about uh, what are you talking about? China? What'd you None of that is president? True. He made a fortune in Ukraine, in China, in Moscow, and various not other places. True. So it's from two different debates, but I mean, Trump was right. I mean, he did make a fortune from China, and Joe Biden was wrong. The only good thing about all of this stuff is that perhaps we will finally see Joe Biden have to take the stand and testify when his son goes to court. But I have little hope that we will actually get to the bottom of what Biden is actually guilty of and it looks to be pretty it looks to be pretty pretty tragic. Now, I do have a question about all of this though, because I think you need to start thinking this way. If CNN is admitting that Donald Trump was right, not only have these people had a come to Jesus moment, but also they might've had something else. So let's just put it this way. Either these people are getting right with God, highly unlikely, or something else is happening with Biden. Perhaps the jig is up and now Biden is no longer going to make it to election 2024. When I see this kind of stuff, I cannot help but wonder about it. But beyond that, what I want to try to do is just say that But beyond that, what I want to try to do is just move us beyond the Trump-Biden thing and just help us all see a tactic. What's going on right now with all of these indictments of Donald Trump is nothing less than the radical left trying to use the agenda that they've been using for a long time now, which is to numb your senses, to tire you out, to to make you run around the ring until you're finally just like, all right, I don't even want to fight this fight anymore. That's what these indictments are all about. And maybe you still don't believe me. And if that's the case, then I would like you to see how the left is not only extremely radical, but how their agenda has played out in the past, how they wish to consistently create fights to wear down people's resolve. Check this out. Tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price in the face of some congress people they're not going to stop before election day in november and they're not going to stop after election day and that should be everyone should take note of that on both levels that this isn't they're not going to let up and they should not just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country and maybe there will be people need to start taking to the streets this is a dictator you know there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite people you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they're not welcome. The people are going to turn on them. They're going to protest. They're going to uh absolutely harass them until they decide that they're going to tell the president, no, I can't hang with you. So as you can see from the supercut of all of these democrats, they are interested in pestering you and bothering you and creating issues time and time again because one of two things will happen. Either either you'll start second guessing yourself and saying, well maybe Donald Trump did do something that we're not aware of, and we can only rely upon the truth so often in a society that is totally filled with lies to come to the come to the fore. But they're really beyond that, uh, beyond trying to make you second-guess yourself, they're really just trying to wear you down so that you don't even have the energy to second-guess yourself, where Donald Trump just becomes such a fuss that you're like, all right, whatever, whatever it takes not to have him in office and to be done with this. This is their, their tactic. Now, beyond trying to help you see that, I hope there's one last thing you can see, and this is where Christianity comes to play in all of this. When truth has been maligned, when truth has been sidelined, when truth is a liability to the political process, one can't help but wonder if this is why Christianity is also declining in the West and specifically in America. Because Christianity has this one little pesky belief, and it's a word that we are familiar with in the church, but uh, the political uh, class today is not aware of at all. And it's the word accountability. See, Christians have to hold themselves accountable not only to the people that are around them, but also more importantly to God. We understand, because we believe in God, that there is a higher power that means that if even if we get away with lying to each and every one of you out there, we can't get away with lying to him, and therefore it might just be best to tell the truth. So all I'm saying is, is that secularism, And secular morality doesn't really have a warrant against lying. In fact, you can even make a case where there might be the reason for an expedient lie or for a reason to tell something that isn't entirely true. All that to say this that we can no longer trust or be naive to trust the media or our politicians. And let's just say that's left and right. Here's what we can trust you can trust your common sense. Now, this just Recently, uh, was put to the test with a kind of sub story to this bigger story about how can we tell whether or not Donald Trump is actually being indicted for for real crimes co- against humanity, or whether or not this is just more political political gamesmanship. But just recently, Michael Orr came out and declared that the Tuies, the family that that adopted him, or at least became his conservators when he was just a young man living on the street. And, of course, Michael Orr is the subject of the movie The Blind Side. He just recently came out and said that the Tui's were just trying to game him and take all of his money when he was just a young, uh, homeless black man and on his way to the NFL. uh, These Tui's knew in advance they had a crystal ball that he was going to be a famous NFL player and that his story would be made into a movie. They knew all of that, so what they did is they schemed to try to you know, trick him into thinking he was being adopted, but actually they were just becoming as conservatives so that they can, you know, get the movie rights to the movie or whatever the case may be. Now, push aside the obvious fact that almost everybody in America knows this. When you're 18, you can't adopt an adult, uh, but you can become a conservator of an adult. And that's what the Toohees did. And you still have one other really huge fact, the fact that, Way before now, before, by the way, Michael Orr was selling a book about his life story, way before now, uh, before Michael Orr wanted to stir up a marketing campaign to draw attention to himself, Michael Orr was calling the Tuys his conservators in a book he wrote before. So how are we supposed to believe that Michael Orr was deceived into being a conservator when he acknowledged that he was a conservator way back then? All that to say this, it's a game I like to play on the show. It's a game called which is more likely. It's a game of common sense. Which is more likely, Michael Orr was robbed by an independently wealthy Christian family or Michael Orr is lying? When you stack up the evidence, you really can't come on the other side of this thing. You have to take the side of the twoies. Um, And This is regardless of skin color, which, of course, the media wants you to totally focus on. All of that to say this, a little bit of common sense applied to everything in life will help you become a more discerning individual. And Christians, we need this more than ever before because we have the tendency to say these things don't matter. But let me tell you. The truth matters in a society that is crumbling because of lies that are being told and and institutions are crumbling because of those lies. We need a group of people who refuse to live by lies. And if we're going to talk about some other institutions that are propped up by lies, then maybe we want to talk about Hollywood because we're now on day like 112 or something like that of the writer's strike. And we're all better for it because there might actually be some reform in Hollywood and they will quit pumping out woke crap if we can maintain our resolve now these strikers in these studios are probably going to come to terms really really soon but the question is is when they return should we allow them i mean the rachel, rachel zeglers of the world are doing their best to make sure that we never watch a minute of the new snow white show or tv uh, movie that's coming out uh, but needless to say there's going to be more shows that come out when this strikes when this strike ends and we're going to have to make sure that we that we maintain resolve, not only boycotting the platforms that deserve to be boycotted, but also not settling for the kind of crap that Hollywood has been pumping out for, for years now. And so just recently... A brand-new Disney Plus show was reviewed, and the reviews sound amazing, so it's tempting to tune back in, but I want to try to tell you why it's best that we don't. But here's what some of the reviewers had to say about the new Ashoka series. (laughs) Critics offered up their first thoughts on social media for Star Wars Ashoka series on Disney Plus after viewing screeners for the first two episodes. Posting quick reviews on X, formerly Twitter, the first reactions were largely positive, with critics praising Rosario Dawson's performance as well as the series' action sequence and its Star Wars lore connections. Collider's Steven Weintraub was impressed with the action and the story told in the first two episodes, noting that it's super easy to follow, even for those who haven't seen Star Wars, the Clone Wars or Star Wars Rebels. Quote, first two episodes of Ashoka are really good, even if you've never seen Rebels or Clone Wars. It's super easy to follow, impressed with the action and how it's all story. No side missions or filler. Can't wait to see episode three. Wish I could watch future episodes on a movie screen. So the show is going to air very soon, and the temptation to see it will be very palpable. I want to encourage some of you to keep up your boycotting uh, you're boycotting motivations, though, because I know it will wear down. I am actually very interested in seeing this show, and I thought Rosario Dawson did a fantastic job on The Mandalorian. And I even think she stuck it to woke culture a little bit. But but I want to just reassure you. I want, to, I want you to hunker down and stay in the bunker and remove yourself from Disney so that they can once again repent and become a good place where we don't have Rachel Zegler saying this kind of nonsense about Snow White. So let me just give you some food for thought to help you keep up your boycott resolve. You know Disney is going to destroy this, right? Even if the first two episodes are truly as great as people say that they are, which... Highly skeptical, but I can understand how you're like, all right, well, maybe this is a little bit different, but here's how you know it's not different. First of all, it's got a female lead. I'm not against female leads, but you saw what they did to Star Wars. You saw what J.J. Abrams did to this great franchise that was one of the most important franchises in cinematic history. It was absolutely destroyed by a female lead, mainly because Kathleen Kennedy is still at the helm of Star Wars. So, you can expect more female-driven Star Wars stories from Lucasfilms, says Kathleen Kennedy, and when they come, there's not going to be balance to the force. There's going to be more crap that you roll your eyes to. This is men and women alike. So, let me just assure you, you don't have to watch episode one and episode two only to find in episode three that it sucks. It's going to. They're going to destroy everything. That's what deconstructionists do. But here's how you can keep up your resolve. Here's the second thing is that if you're going to keep up your resolve against watching these shows and supporting Disney plus so that they can finally start making good stuff, you're gonna have to replace it with something else. Now, I don't know enough about this game to say whether or not it's really going to be a replacement and I myself am not a gamer, I'm 40 for crying out loud and loud and if you are a gamer, get a job. Um, But for those of you who are on the younger side of things, Gate Zero just released a game, and I think it's called Bible X Games or something like that. And I know, trust me, I I can already tell, you think this is gonna be corny, but but just give it a chance. Watch the graphics and look at kind of some of the gameplay on on the screen now. Now, for those of you who are just watching this, what you can tell is that the game engine for this game is really, really great. Fantastic graphics. It seems that it's kind of an open world. You get to travel around uh jerusalem in the first century again i don't know exactly what the gameplay is going to be because this game is still in development but as you can tell certainly one of the best um quality christian games that has ever been created and can you think of a more interesting time to show so if there is any hope of moving forward and actually creating good content it's not going to come from the mainstream anymore we have to put our efforts behind things like Bible X Games and Gate Zero. So I think there's ways that you can support this game. I don't know enough about it, but suffice to say, uh, there is hope for replacing some of these things with actually really good alternatives. And then most importantly, if you're going to keep up your resolve for boycotts, you need to have some self-respect. Remember when your girlfriend spit in your face and keyed your car and do not go back to her. Help them wake up. Zachary Levi is doing just that. Now you may know him as Shazam, um, or you may know him as Chuck, but anyway, you know him, listen to this bravery coming from this man's mouth. Speaking at Fan Expo Chicago on Saturday and reported by Entertainment Weekly, the 42 year old actor took a shot at studio filmmaking. I personally feel like the amount of content that comes out of Hollywood that is garbage. I personally feel like the amount of content that comes out of Hollywood that is garbage. They don't care enough to actually make it great for you guys, Levi said reportedly to an enthusiastic applause. They don't. How many times do you watch a trailer and go, oh my God, this looks so cool. Then you go to the movie and it's like, this is what I get. They know that once you're already there, you've bought the ticket and you're in the seat, they've got your money. And the only way for us to change any of it is is not to go to the garbage. We have to actively not choose the garbage. It'll help, it'll help a lot. So my man is correct. And one of the things that we need not forget about this writer strike is that the writers and the actors are really out of touch with reality and they're demanding more money. But the studios are on the other end saying, well guys, we're not getting the views and the kind of money that we used to get because people are tuning out of this crap stuff that you're writing for these actors to then act out. We don't need another diverse cast in another female led series. We just need good content for crying out loud. For those of you geniuses over here on, on on the left, on the picket lines that are writers and actors, and think to yourself, oh, I have the next brilliant idea for the next great movie. The lead character, wait for it, he's gonna be gay. For those of you who think that's originality and actually is a compelling storyline, you are part of the problem. The writers strike and the actors strike, and the studios who are in an impasse because of the money that they see coming in This is all created because the woker Hollywood has gotten the less the audience wants to watch their crap. And if we don't make them feel that pain, they will not change. So if you actually want good stuff coming out of Hollywood, then trust me, it's not going to happen by you just waiting and watching the, the garbage they give you. It, it's going to happen because you let them know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are not interested in their woke garbage anymore, that you have higher standards than that. So please have some self-respect and do not run back to Disney+. Plus. Take your time and do something else. Um, unfortunately, there's not enough people doing that, and even Christianity today doesn't seem to have the guts or the resolve to do that. And we'll talk about that in our final segment. Oh, God of pronouns. Well, Christianity Today is back, baby. And today they are promoting Barbie and Taylor Swift, saying that they are bringing us all together. Now, the author of this fantastic piece of Pulitzer Prize-winning journalism over at Christianity Today is none other than Beth Felker Jones, and you probably will expect Beth to go on a tirade about how Barbie and Beyonce and Taylor Swift are so great for Christians and how much Christian truth we can glean from these secular artists, because she is also the author of a book about the Twilight series and how there's great gleaming Christian truths hidden underneath the white fangs of Edward and the teenage angst of whatever the girl's name because nobody even cares. Nonetheless, here is Beth Felker Jones talking about how we need to become a little bit more culturally relevant in the church today and we'll realize what the church is really missing out on. So this is what she says. (laughs) The epic trifecta of Greta Gerwig's Barbie Beyonce's Renaissance Tour and Taylor Swift's era's tour are taking over social media, having grown adult women reliving their youth in a tween girl summer. Please, oh God, can we stop it with the prolonged adolescence? It is time to grow up women. Uh, There is no sadder person on the planet, by the way, than a woman who, a woman now, Not a young girl, a woman who appreciates Taylor Swift, but nonetheless. But the enthusiasm and participation are no less among actual young people. Both my 18-year-old son and my 16-year-old daughter, despite never having played with Barbie as children... Well, my God, you would hope this young boy didn't play with Barbie, but nonetheless and being on the younger end of the age spectrum for Taylor Swift fans, they're all in. There's a cultural conversation here about the spending power of women and the female dollar, and there's plenty to be said for this. Barbie, Swift, and Beyonce are enormous capital successes. Barbie and Swift's eras tour, in particular, are open up dialogue about what Michelle Goldberg at the New York Times calls entertainment that channels female angst, awakening a seismic shift for women in helping women reclaim girlhood without rescinding power. For me, though, it's the together more than the dollars and the hope more than the angst that I notice when I try to see this summer through my children's eyes. The pandemic interrupted my kids' lives at a crucial development point. For them, there's almost no before the pandemic in their teen years. There's only the newly opening of the after. And in that wake, what if what my kids want is communal meaning, the kind that is supposed to mark our local churches? As Justine McDaniel, Pointed out, the Barbie Taylor Beyonce summer offers a release of pandemic emotions, exposing a hunger, Goldberg said, that is, quote, a palpable longing for both communal delight and catharsis, end quote. Today, there's church versions of this kind of transportive singing experience shared by those who attend concerts like Swiss, where everyone is on their feet, some with hands in the air, some with tears on their cheeks. Many Christians are cynical about this, but Swift concert goers and Barbie mover goers are not well go ahead and label me skeptical and cynical because well here's why we need critical thinkers in the world today not consumers of pop culture see that's what we've been doing for far too long in the church and quite frankly that's why the church is in decline while you think that this great feminine power moment is fantastic what you fail to realize is is that you might be pink washing the kind of feminism that we see in some of these cultural institutions particularly with Barbie and perhaps even in some of these other places so your your pink washing is for the purposes of trying to be cool it seems and to try to have this communal feeling But the problem is, is that feminism, specifically second wave and third wave feminism, has been one of the most destructive forces in human history. So if you quasi-Marxists over at Christianity Today are so worried about whitewashing, maybe you should also be worried about pinkwashing, because the feminist movement is responsible for the rise in abortions. Of course, when we have abortion leaders saying that abortion is, quote, an essential value, Is it any wonder that in 1960, we saw around 200 babies aborted annually, and then fast forward 40 years in the future, and in 2000, we see 1.3 million babies aborted. Is it coincidental also that that's when second wave feminism really started taking off was in the 1960s? See, second wave feminism is also behind the destruction of the nuclear family. Shortly after the 1960s, in the 1980s, after the cultural movement started to really gain some steam. Well, divorces started to increase rapidly over 130%. So as you can see, you know, second wave feminism and third wave feminism isn't all about hanging with your gal pals and girl power. It's also about some other really destructive things that we need to be honest about that you don't seem to want to be honest about. And finally, feminism is also about the destruction of the gender binary. Um, of course, when feminists come along and say that we need men as much as we need bicycles, is it any wonder that we started, that feminists started then communicating that women are becoming the men that we've always known they could be, which is what Simone de Beauvoir said about the second sex, and then we have books like *Feminine Mystique* and all these other things that wish to try to portray women as just just as capable, just as Uh, uh, just as physically strong, and just as everything a man is, a woman is too, without any nuance to understand that, obviously, there are clear differences between men and women. Now, we can argue about what that is on a different day, but the one thing we can't argue about is just simply this, that feminism has been one of the most destructive forces in human history. If you got 60 million aborted babies, tons of children without fathers in the home, and more... And, and need I say more than that? So while you're pink washing feminism and having a great time at your Taylor Swift concert, sure, I might be overanalyzing here, but let's just face it. My kids are going to be the ones who question why your kids are wearing pink shirts to go to a Barbie movie, and they're going to be the ones that are saying, guys, don't you know that feminism has been responsible for the death of millions of babies and for the destruction of the nuclear family, while your kids say, it's just a movie? So, you know, you have to decide for yourself which kind of kids you want at the end of the day, but let's not pretend for a moment that by just watching Barbie, we are not partaking in the kind of feminism that has been wreaking havoc on our society today, and that we need Christian critical thinkers who understand this. Yes, it may ruin your movie-going experience, and it may ruin your girl power moment. But perhaps if you do know this, then you can actually highlight why we need an alternative then to the kind of pink washing that's taking place in this article. Moreover, I think the pink washing is happening because there is such a desire in the current modern church for pop culture relevance. I'm sorry to admit it to you Beth, but the reason your kids are flocking to those concerts and flocking to the Barbie movie is because they are desperate to feel a part of something. They're craving social acceptance and social relevance. And that really isn't the call of the church. See, our call is not necessarily to be socially relevant. The church has always been on the outskirts, outside the city, if you will. They've always been kind of more revolutionary against the grain and in swimming upstream. We used to have Christian parents that were interested in trying to raise their kids to think for themselves rather than to purely crave the kind of communal experience that can be found in Barbie. So really the problem is that we're trying to equate the communal experience that we can have in Barbie and at Taylor Swift concerts with the kind of communal experiences we can have in church. There isn't a carryover and there shouldn't be because the kind of experiences that are found in the culture mirror the culture, which increasingly becomes liberal and progressive. But whenever the church acquiesces to liberal progressive culture, it dies. See, the reason the church is in decline right now and that people are leaving the church in vast, vast numbers, especially in younger generations, isn't because we're not relevant to the culture. It's because we've been bending over backwards in some places, literally looking at you progressive Christians, to try to become culturally relevant. And we have lost the very thing that makes the church powerful and makes the church something that the world needs. Because when progressive leftism chews the world up and spits it out, the world will be flocking to something. The world will wanna know, what is the cure for my gender dysphoria because butchering my body didn't work. And in that really horrible, you know, catastrophic, depressing situation, the church better not be going along with the culture. They better offer something different. In other words, the only factual basis to the claim that the church is dying because it's not relevant is that the more left it gets, the less relevant it becomes to a people in need. I mean, look at Africa, look at Asia, look at other countries where the church is not pursuing relevance, but pursuing Christ. That's why the church is growing in these areas. The church is alive there. In the West, the church is universally in decline because the more we become like progressive woke cultures, the less we become like the answer. The real way to win the left is to give them something different. It's to be different. To tell the world we're just like you with a little bit of Jesus on top is, it's not only a lie, it's a recipe for irrelevance. The idea that we can become relevant by being just like the world only takes away the very thing, the very radical thing that makes us appealing to a world in need. It is by virtue of the fact that the church offers something the world cannot that we find our market niche. For far too long, we have tried to show the world that we can be hip beyond our what would Jesus do bracelets. So we've shown the world, hey, we can shop at H&M too. And what has it done for us? The church is in decline and our nation is post-Christian and depression and despair are at record highs. The radical message of the church is one that is outside of the status quo. It often critiques current social trends rather than leans into them. By virtue of this, it often rubs people the wrong way And we need to do that in a world that's constantly cutting against people. Maybe you know what I mean. In a generation that craves authenticity, they do not need a bunch of Christians lying to them about Barbie and Taylor Swift. They need a bunch of Christians who are willing to tell the truth, even if they risk social isolation, because the same people that hate us today, when we stand against the likes of transgenderism will be the very same people we win to Christ when they come back with their scarred bodies and realize that there was nothing but death in popular social trends and in society. And if you're willing to admit that, I'd love to hear from you down in the comments section below. It's all the time we have for today. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and to go with God.